Hello and welcome to podcast, the weekly... Welcome to podcast, my <laughs> God, what a terrible start. Welcome to Fast Charge. It's been a long week. Can you tell, maybe, that it's been a long week? A uh, welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly podcast from Tech Advisor. There we go. Uh, I am Dom, that's my name, I can handle that much. Uh, and I'm joined this week by Lewis and Toddy. Uh, Lewis, it's good to have you back yeah. after last week. Is yeah, your boiler back. working? Now? It is, it's working absolutely <laughs> fine. I am nice and warm I'm and I'm good to, to go. Toasty. <laughs> uh, it has been uh, a less eventful week than last week, I'm very pleased to say. Um, last week and the week before, so many things were announced and things have calmed down a bit in the tech world this week uh, in that post-CES lull. Uh, not too much of a lull, because Honor did still pick this week to throw out uh, not only a new flagship phone, but their very first foldable, which it also happens to be the first foldable phone to feature the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. So that is the Honor Magic V, and we'll be talking about that very soon. Um, we are also going to be chatting this week about uh, the iPhone 14, and most specifically the front of the iPhone 14, uh, because there have been some. There's been a lot of debate over the last you know, six months or so about the notch and what Apple are doing with it, where it's going, is it shrinking, is it disappearing, is it turning into a punch hole, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some new rumors this week suggest Apple is considering some outlandish answers to that question. Uh, and we're going to talk through them and use that as a bit of a jumping off point to talk about uh, notches, punch holes, under-display cameras, and all that sort of stuff, because there's also been some new under-display action from the Google side of things. Uh, and then finally today, we are gonna turn to BlackBerry, um, which is really in a way sort of stuff that emerged from last week. Um, but it's been an unexpectedly eventful two weeks for fans of BlackBerry phones, uh, <laughs> really unexpectedly. In the year of our Lord 2022, we've had <laughs> multiple major breaking stories about phones with physical keyboards. Um, and we're gonna talk about them Partly about BlackBerry, partly about the, the new BlackBerry device that is, in theory, coming this year. Um, but also things like the Planet Computer's Astro Slide, which uh, appeared at CES last week. And that kind of space, that, that phone with a keyboard. Um, why do they still exist? Who are the people buying these things? Um, it's not me, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm laying <laughs> my cards out on the table. Uh, but people love these things. So, you know, what are, what are they like and, and what space do they sit in? at this point in the smartphone market and the smartphone industry at large. Uh, cool. Right, before we dive into all of that, I'm going to run through some of the other little stories from this week. One of the strangest came today. Uh, it has been reported that Samsung is making a Galaxy Home Mini 2. And you might think to yourself, did Samsung make a Galaxy Home Mini 1? And the answer is kind of, because they did... <laughs> make it and they did announce it a couple of times actually um but it never went on sale uh it, this was a bixby smart speaker there was the galaxy home and then there was the galaxy home mini um bixby smart speakers you could apparently get the mini as a pre-order bonus with one of the galaxy s phones maybe the s20 i'm not actually sure um just in south korea but that's it. It never went on sale. And it was a running joke in the tech industry. Every Samsung event, like, oh, we're going to see, see some more Galaxy Home speakers. Because mm -hmm. they would just keep trotting them out on stage and being like, yeah, we're still making them. Um, are you ever going to sell them? Well, we're making them. Yeah. Uh, and apparently they are still making them. 
Mm. So I don't know. Another Galaxy Home Mini speaker is allegedly actually coming. Will they sell this one? What do we think? Are they actually going to sell it? I mean, you'd hope so. Going through all the efforts to design a second gen thing, and they've already got a warehouse. You think that's the first yeah, gen? Point, but... yeah. <laughs> is it running Bixby? I think that's the assumption because that the first gen with Bixby speakers. Yeah. Then no, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. It, it might it might mean it's it becomes just is a Korea only product. I, yeah. I don't know if Bixby has more more take up in South Korea, you know, as far as we went, no one in the West wants to use it. And I can only assume Korean users is why Samsung, a combination of Korean users and pride yeah. is why Samsung yeah. is, is still sticking with Bixby at all. Um, because, you know, in the Western, certainly in the Western reviewer space, we either moan about Bixby or we ignore yeah. it. Um, so the idea of buying a Bixby smart speaker is almost comical. You know, it, it's just nonsense. You wouldn't do it. Um, maybe you know maybe they're going to partner with Google and it will have Google on it or or the option of having Google on it have Google and Bixby it could be that the Western release has Google Assistant um, these are all options they would all make a lot more sense than trying to sell a Bixby speaker in Europe but yeah I mean I, or maybe it's all fluff and nonsense and bad 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 rumors and this thing is vaporware so we'll see um, <laughs> sticking with the Samsung and things they may or may not be announcing uh, the Exynos twenty two hundred which is the chipset expected to power some Galaxy S22 phones. Um, and also the chipset we are expecting to reveal their GPU partnership with AMD and the first fruits of, of that. Um, that was announced two days ago. Except it wasn't. Because they announced that they were announcing it on the 11th of February. <laughs> and then nothing happened on the 11th of February. And they quietly deleted all the social media posts where they had announced that they were announcing it. Uh, then they kind of waited a bit. And now Samsung has put out a statement, um, I think in response to questioning, but through, through a Korean publication, they have said, we are still announcing it, but it's now going to be announced with the S22. Um, so we were expecting the chip to come first. Um, they're now going to combine the two into either one launch event or at least launch events that are much closer together in time. Uh, later speculation is the S22 is going to be February 8th uh, for a launch. Certainly we're expecting something around then, so it's only a few weeks away. So it's not you know a massive delay. It is a little odd because I feel like Samsung launch events don't tend to go deep dives on CPU specs. So I can't imagine they're actually going to be in the same presentation because I, I think... A lot of people who want to know at the phone don't want to know about, you know, how many CPU cores it has. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, Exynos 2200, we, we thought by now we would know everything about it. And I actually did think we were going to talk about that today. But thanks, Samsung. We're not. <laughs> um, right. More delayed things. The Xperia 5 Mark III is on sale in the US, finally. It went on sale in Europe a couple months ago because I reviewed it. I honestly thought it was on sale in the US. It turns out it wasn't. So did I. <laughs> and it's now on sale this week. Uh, this is nine full months after they announced the phone. And not just teased the phone, like announced it, specs, full specs, thing... photos, everything. You know, the phone existed nine months ago. They could have given themselves so much more leeway because with the previous generation, like the Xperia 1 Mark II came out and then the 5 Mark III came out about five months later, I think it was, six months later. This time, as you just said, like they showed off both phones at the same time and they'll be like, they're coming really soon. And then 
they were really nebulous about the one Mark III and they said it was going to be summer and it was summer, but like late summer. And it was, again, no one knew which markets that meant. Yeah. And now this, it's just, I don't know why they, they were so adamant that they needed to tell people the phone was already kind of in existence. And even more so because those phones were all announced, if I'm right. Um, I think it was a little after February last year, given the nine month line. So it must have been a yeah, bit later. Yeah, sounds that. right. But it was still them aiming clearly kind of roughly for the MWC window when they normally launch their phones. But there was no MWC or rather it was, but it was later in the year and it, they didn't use that anyway. So it's like, why were they rushing for the spring window that they didn't have to hit and they couldn't ship the phones anyway? Um, and they that must is... have known at the time they announced them, they must have known on some level they were going to struggle to ship devices anytime <laughs> soon and that there was going to be a delay. Anyway. It's done. It's done. We can stop talking about the, the three series of Xperia phones uh, and, and wait for them to announce the Mark IVs, which will take 18 months to hit shelves. Uh, yeah, we'll hear about them in like two months' time, and then we'll see them in about a year and a half's time. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they just couldn't make them because they were too busy building PS5s. Um, who knows? I mean, fair. I'll grab one of them. Right, on, on to things that are, actually, or, or are also actually going on sale. Uh, the OnePlus 10 Pro, we obviously spoke about that a lot last week, so we're not going to go in depth on the 10 Pro again. Um, but it's had the Chinese launch now. Um, the, OnePlus had announced so many specs and things that there was nothing new really on that front other than a little more of a deep dive into some of the technical bits, like how the display worked and, and, and the camera stuff. So go look that up if you're interested. Um, the interesting thing, I think, is pricing. Um, just because the um, price... We only have Chinese pricing for the phone because it was a Chinese launch. But each setup of the phone is approximately 50 to 100 dollars converted cheaper than the 9 pro was so if you're sitting there trying to figure out what the 10 pro price might end up as uh, bear that in mind that in china at least they have given this thing a price drop relative to the 9 pro um and it seems fair to assume they might be looking at the same for for a for a western release that is that is what gives me a bit more interest in this phone in a way, because we've said before that there's not a lot that's changed here from the previous gen. The chipset's changed, charging and battery are better, the camera's had some tweaks, but it's mostly the same hardware. Um, so if they've gone and then said, you know, if they're acknowledging that by, by shaving a bit off the price, that makes it a much more compelling option than, than it would be if it came in at the same price as the 9 Pro. So a little bit of reason to hope that we're getting a, a minor price drop uh, year on year, at least there. And finally, Huawei, the P50 Pro and P50 Pocket have launched outside of China. Um, not in many places. I'm going to caveat that with right now. As far as I know right now, it's Malaysia and Saudi Arabia. I think And they're both pre-orders. They're, they're not even like yeah. on sale, technically. They're, coming soon. they're not technically on sale, but they're pre-orders. <laughs> there are prices for those markets. Yeah. Um, you can put money down or at least, you know, promise to put money down to get these phones at some point. So we still know nothing more about whether we're going to get a, a broader global release, whether we're going to get a European release. The uh, caveat to that, I have now asked Huawei, I think it was like today or last night, but um, Huawei Germany has said 26th of Jan for the P50 Pro. They didn't mention the pocket, I don't think. I oh, know they mentioned both. Both, 26th of Jan for Germany. And I've asked whether that means other European markets and the UK as well. So... That's what we're waiting to hear back on. Oh, cool. Okay, so it, so it could be pretty soon yeah. for Europe. It could happen. Yeah. What's funny it looks is, like it's going to happen. Yeah, at least so far. I mean, we'll see what they do in Germany. Maybe it will be different. But it's been with, with little fanfare. 
it was more just people kind of yeah. noticed oh there's a pre-order button on the malaysian huawei website you know they, they they haven't made a fuss about the global launch at least not yet but maybe they'll do a big simultaneous european one and, and make a bit more noise about that um but yeah so if you're interested in the p50 pro and probably more the p50 pocket which certainly has a lot of interest as, as a foldable they've obviously both got all the, the usual huawei android problems but hardware wise hopefully fantastic and if you're if you're willing to put the money down for them, they should, in theory, be coming soon. Are you interested in the P50 Pro, Dom, as the flip resident flip aficionado fan? Yes. Yeah, the Pro. The not. Pocket, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Pro, pocket. I would have been a year ago. It's just yeah, uh, sure. It's a little past it, and you know, even like we always say, Huawei, like, they kill it on camera, and it's kind of going to be interesting for that alone. But I just feel like, you know, I, I look at things like the Vivo X70 Pro Plus that I reviewed recently, and I, I think. Can the P50 Pro really beat that? I'm not convinced. Or the Pixel 6 Pro, you know, I, those are both phenomenal. I'm not sure that Huawei's camera is going to best those, especially given it's a year old. Uh, Pocket is interesting um, because I love those little clamshell foldables, obviously. I mean, because of the software, it would never be my daily driver, you know. Sure. But um, keen to try out more in that space. And also uh, the fresh leaks this week on the Motorola Razr, the next one, for a while, it had gone As quiet, and it kind of looked like maybe Motorola had given up on it. Yeah. Um, but there were some new leaks. I can't remember what they are. I, I haven't delved into them myself. But I know there have been leaks, so it looks like we're getting another Razer. Um, so the, the only thing space I remember seems was to like, be alive and well. Maybe a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. I think that was the only thing I saw. That's a big improvement because it was mid-range when they first pushed it out. So exactly. I'll, t- I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, it was, it was maybe a victim of the timing because at the time they put the Razer out, Motorola didn't make anything beyond mid-range. Yeah. And since then, they've made a really conscious kind of lean into, we make flagships again now, uh, just as they stopped doing their foldables for a year <laughs> or two. So it kind of makes sense now, I think, for them to come back and say, right, okay, if we're going to be a flagship level company and we have foldable tech, like we figured that one yeah. out, we, they might as well uh, lean yeah. into it and go all the way. I think they just need to figure out a way to make it work that's less reliant on nostalgia. I think nostalgia carried a lot of people through the first gen and through some of its ups and downs. I think they now need to make a product that carries the Razer name but doesn't necessarily go so hard on aping the look because it's just got to be a clamshell foldable that works well and can compete with the Z Flip. Yeah. And they may have to give up on a couple of the Razery touches to really deliver on that. Yeah. I, I feel. Yeah, it is also. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they come up with. I, I'm excited for more in that space, obviously. So that's cool. Um, well, perfect, perfect excuse to start talking about Honor. So the Honor Magic V <laughs> is the first foldable phone from Honor. It's not a clamshell, sadly. It is a book-style foldable, you know, kind of similar, roughly, form factor to the, the uh, Galaxy Z Fold or the Oppo Find N or the Xiaomi Mix Fold. Um, it's in that sort of space. It's interesting because, as I said, it's got the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, so... Honor is another company, in a way like Motorola, that doesn't always go into proper flagships. It sometimes kind of shies away from going too high-end with its products. And I think I was certainly expecting their foldable to go for more affordable hardware other than the folding bit. And in some respects, they have done that. But certainly in the chipset, they, they've not skimped. They've, they've gone all in and, and, and gone, gone, gone for a full premium flagship experience from the chip side of things. Uh, yeah, Toddy, you 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 followed the launch more closely than I did because I was enjoying a, a day off in response yeah, to no, some fair. CES overwork. Um, <laughs> so, w- what exactly have Honor announced? 
Um, yeah, the the big hook is really the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. I think the thought that a lot of people in the run-up to this phone's launch, because Honor teased it and we covered rumours on it. Um, I believe you've covered rumours on it, Dom. Um, yeah, was I, I know how... everything we thought Honor was going for. <laughs> everything we I thought we knew, you know. I don't know what they know. actually announced in detail. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the, the question I had in my mind before they actually like pulled the wraps off was how close to the Huawei Mate X2 this was yeah. going to be. Yes. Because obviously we don't know when in the process this was unpicked from that master plan when they were all one company still or under the same, you know, parent. Um, so in some ways you can see the Mate X2 in it, but overall I'd say it does feel like a fairly different beast. The design does look different. The camera yep. setup is very different. Um, obviously they've built it around a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, which means like thermals and stuff, they would have had to take that into consideration when they were developing the hardware the rest of the hardware so uh it feels maybe more discreetly honor than anyone was expecting and maybe the most distinctly honor phone that we've seen so far since the parting of honor and huawei yeah because all of the big flagship phones they've put out this year have clearly still been hangovers from the huawei days and uh, you know absolutely i mean no disrespect to that They're mostly very nice phones but you can yeah. see for each of them like oh there's the matching huawei device that they, they clearly were working they built that chassis they designed that already and we were waiting to see the first one that was all honors and this feels half like that um i'll say the big obvious thing that looks like a huawei tech is the hinge because it's got yeah. the creaseless kind of teardrop hinge where it doesn't fold the screen harshly it kind of pushes it out and squishes it a bit <laughs> uh, which is how we saw razor do it and i think the z yes, fold it, does that as well it well the z fold doesn't and this, this is why it's one of those funny things i saw a lot of coverage around around the honor being like oh yeah they've got that huawei and an oppo style folding display and I, I did see at least one person correct this but credit to them motorola invented this or at least did it first in in the public yeah. space um, yeah. this is how the razor screen worked and it is why the razor has a less noticeable crease than than any of samsung's foldables this is the yeah, one sure. area samsung feels a bit behind in it's because still very creasy in the middle of the screen um yeah they actually call it creaseless in this yeah. like in the spec sheet they're like it's a creaseless display feels optimistic yeah. i just haven't seen one in person I, I feel like there must be a crease there's definitely but, a crease uh, we're definitely not there <laughs> i mean <now. laughs> yeah and the big differentiation there is that yes samsung's foldables may have more of a crease than the other foldables but they're also the only company pumping out water resistant foldables right now Yes. Which is tied into how the hinge and the screen folding works. Exactly. So that's inherently an impressive... Yeah. Samsung have other advantages, and uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, um, this specific hinge design... And, and yeah, so this is that one bit you look at and you say, that's probably the hinge Huawei designed that's in the Mate yeah. X2. It's probably broadly that hinge tech. Um, but yeah, in terms of the rest of the design, the camera stuff, it's definitely not a copy paste of, of the Mate X2. No, which like I was that. expecting to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there's one thing I, I only noticed, um, when putting together all the stuff for the episode today, when I was, mm. uh, and had that image that we'd had put together, which is the first time I'd really properly look closely at the design. And I love the camera module where the, yeah, like the rings of the cameras are overlapping mm. over each other. Yeah, with that middle just, one kind of like half covered. Yeah, it's a subtle two. thing. It's actually a really nice looking design, I think, and a, a subtle way to make a camera module look a bit different. And not something we've seen from any of the other Honor phones that no. I can think yeah. of, you know, because of that, you know, was it the Nova 9 from Huawei and the, what was the one you reviewed at the end of last year that looks, is basically the, the Nova 9? I Effectively, cannot, the camera the sensor's 50, there. I think it was the Honor 50. Honor 50, that sounds right, 9. yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So like yeah. those camera sensors are so wildly different design wise. So yeah, I, yeah, I'd like the design of this. I think there's there's the if you've seen the thumbnail for this stream, we have there's the orange vegan leather yep. option, but there's also two glass back ones. There's a silver and a black. I think it is. Um, they all look quite nice. I don't have any kind of qualms about any of the the aesthetics of any of these. I think they look great. The orange is a bit um, much for me, but I felt the same about when Oppo sure. did the same bright orange. My first thought as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, no, it, yeah, it's, got, a, it's a nice looking camera. <laughs> I'm just going to say you've got two front facing cameras. So, like one on the cover display, one on the main display. And they're both punch, punch hole, style. Right? Yep. Yep. Yes, but they're not under display no like under Samsung display, tried. Yeah. Yep. Good. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, later. Um, 350 meg sensors on the back, which is the biggest difference, I think, from. The Mate X2 had one lead 50 and then a 12 meg and an 8, like ultra wide and a telephoto. Um, so what are they? Are they, they a main, a telephoto and an ultra or is it something different? No, it's there's it a, like a telephoto. I assume that's yeah, a main, a and, main a wide. and ultra wide. And then what are they? It's it's like with the P50 Pocket we were talking about the other week where it's like some weird. Is it, uh, oh, is it's it's macro the lens? spectrum enhanced <laughs> sensor. There we go. Spectrum. They use the word spectrum again. Exactly. Uh, 50 um, megapixels spectrum enhanced sensor. Yeah. Yeah, what I don't know what mean? exactly that yeah. means. They didn't have as many like examples. I was trying to figure out examples. They didn't show any obvious examples during both the stream and on the product pages on Honor's Chinese website. So for whatever that is, they, it has one of those and it's 50 megabytes. They might as well just so that's slapped good, a I H guess. on it and just been like, yeah, it's a fake sensor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, It's an odd one because, you know, you see sometimes see like monochrome lenses and things like that that are there to do things like add extra color information yeah. or depth sensing and things like that. But if mm. that was all it was, you know, it wouldn't be 50 megapixels. No, yeah. That's what it was for. You're only yeah, going exactly. 50 megapixels if you intend that to be a lens you can switch to, to be like, I'm going to take a photo with the spectrum lens now. Um, Takes photos of radioactive waves in the air. <laughs> 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 who knows? <laughs> we'll be seeing ultraviolet. <laughs> yeah, it's got a uh, 66 watt wired charging. And then beyond that, really, I think the focus was actually more about the software, which is obviously a big question for how... Any company yep. with its first big screen foldable like this approaches window management, app management, multitasking, all that kind of stuff. They kind of use an umbrella term. I think it was called was it like uh, Magic Life, um, which I wrote down somewhere. Um, so it's Magic UI 6, a top Android 12. Um, but it has this thing called Magic Life, which is basically they, they're branding it as some sort of AI-informed assistant functionality. Not like a voice assistant, but like being able to throw up apps or suggestions for maybe screen layouts based on what you're doing or where you are or your schedule or whatever. Yeah. So if that works, great. It's just one of those things that the demos are always going to be perfect. And I think the reality is going to be very different and we need to see it to believe it sort of thing in real world usage. Yeah. Uh, um, the important night to throw in with an honor thing again is they do have Google Maps. Hey. It's well, you know, yes. it, it will run with Google support. So if you're still, you know, if you're not up to date on the latest there, uh, this, this, if and when it ships outside of China, and there's been no official word on whether it ever will, to my knowledge. So, you know, this may st stay China only. But if it does launch elsewhere, it will launch with, with proper Google, which, which yeah. will help a lot. Win. I wrote an opinion piece at the time about how the Find N has the potential to take on the, the Z Fold 3 as a good international foldable, and yet yeah. Oppo still hasn't brought it. It's funny, so, we're just waiting for someone to challenge Samsung. Samsung has complete yeah. dominance of that market, because there was Motorola at the beginning, and then Motorola have stopped for now, and maybe they're doing another one, but, you know, not no time soon. And that's it. Outside of, you know, China's now got four or five you know, companies yeah. pushing foldables out. Never so got the Mi Mix Fold from Xiaomi. That yeah. never came out. The thing, yeah, you just need someone um, to come and undercut them by literally £100. And people will be like, oh, hello. 
And this is what I thought. I thought Honor would do something that undercut the the Samsung on value, and that they could at least consider giving a limited European launch. Yeah. And maybe they still will. I, you know, they they certainly over the last year, while that you know they're sort of the the new Honor. Um, there's been big lengthy gaps between Chinese launches and Western launches, and I'm sure it's just them the combination of COVID chipset shortages and they're fundamentally like a new company now, and they're figuring out how to do it all again. And I'm sure that has a lot of challenges, but. I really hope we see this uh, launch in the West. I hope yeah. that Oppo, you know, bring the Find N. I think we, I think we can probably give up on the Xiaomi um, Mix Fold now, but maybe the second gen of that will get a global release because I like the Samsung stuff. But man, it would be nice to have a choice. It'd be nice to have the variety in the market, and and it it would give Samsung the push to improve things because Samsung has a lot of competition in China, and obviously that is a key market for all these players. Don't get me wrong. But Samsung can at least rest on its laurels a little bit and be like, well, we're the only ones in the US and we're the only <laughs> ones in Europe. So, yeah, you know, we guarantee as long as it's good enough, Samsung's guaranteed domination of, of those those big markets uh, for now. at least. So I want them to get the competition Though on the US yeah. side. I mean, up on t- un- unless the Google Pixel Fold turns out to be real. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know when they Samsung would get competition because Xiaomi, Oppo, and Honor and Huawei are never launching <laughs> theirs in the states. Mm. They might come to Europe, but not the states. Um, Motorola, it would just be up to Mo- Motorola, Motorola, which is Lenovo, which could cause issues. I don't know. Yeah. Even though Motorola is a very popular brand in the states, yeah. So they've at least still got, got the US to themselves for a while. Um, though, yeah, well, you know, fresh rumors that the Pixel Fold is coming. But we're actually going to get to that in a bit. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about. That mm. I did spot in the specs on the Magic V that surprised me, and I know I'm not the only person slightly surprised by this, is the exterior display is 120 yes. hertz, but the interior folding display is only 90 hertz, oh. which yeah, is a little unusual to do it that way around. I want to know where that panel's from. I'm curious who that panel came from because it's not. It, I'm like, is it an old Samsung panel from like the previous? That's true because Samsung, yeah, yeah, they're, they're 120 hertz now. ones are 120, obviously. Yeah. So who is making that panel? Because I yeah. don't think, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, that would be an interesting thing to find out, to know whether it's technically like a Z Fold 2 panel or something. That was my first guess. Um, I guess that could be a, their availability of 120 hertz flat panels for the outside versus their availability of 120 exactly. hertz folding panels to their specification. I mean, the dimensions are different to the fold, so it can't be literally fold, fold panels. Um, but... Yeah, maybe the same tech, and maybe that's part of the price. I mean, I've seen some people justify on the basis that um, you're more likely to use the exterior display for, like, phone stuff, which is when you're kind of flicking around apps a lot, scrolling a lot, things like that. And you're more likely to use the interior display for multimedia, which is maybe when you get less benefit from the refresh rate anyway. And kind of a justification of why it, it may not be the I mean, handicap's too strong a word even, but it may not be the minor like oh that's a shame that you think it is because actually for the things you use that interior display for, how many of those benefit from the high refresh rate? Yeah, off the top of my head, I think pricing is probably that's where pricing is kind of reflected most obviously is is the refresh rate stuff, and obviously we don't know how good the cameras are, mm. um, but I think it threads a nice needle between the Find N which is a little bit cheaper based on Chinese pricing. And I think the Z Fold 3 is, is pricier if you go based on the Chinese pricing of the Z Fold 3. Um, but obviously it's, Honor's got a much, they're much uh, better positioned in China than Samsung is actually in terms of brand awareness. So 
Yeah, and you know, success then. They've obviously they've talked a lot about it, but you know, even when they when they broke out from Huawei and kind of had their, you know, even in China they went quiet for six months or so and couldn't really release anything and then came back. But they were very bullish that they immediately shot back up to like twenty five percent market share in China or something crazy like that. They they very quickly carved out a big chunk of the Chinese market for themselves again. I, Which is arguably the most competitive mobile market in yeah. the world. So it's clearly a popular on... brand in China in a big way. And yeah, I, uh, I'm sure a lot of that comes from their cheaper phones, not from you know the the high end flagship stuff like this. So it's a bit different, but still, they've got clout in China, and they could do very well from this if, by Chinese pricing, this is a relatively affordable foldable. Yeah, it starts at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine yen, Chinese yen, which equates to about. Eleven fifty pounds, or thirteen seventy euros, or fifteen seventy dollars. Okay, that's yeah. helpful for anyone. And it, <laughs> so uh, one of the other reference points that might be useful there is that's a little over half the price of the Matex Two, which is crazy. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper than the Matex Two, like a lot, a lot. And you get Android. Yeah, I was surprised that's to see it's cool. more than the Find N. <laughs> I didn't realize how cheap the Find N was. Um, Find N is impressively competitive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very affordable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the big question with a lot of this will be how that camera turns out. Um, yeah. Especially because on paper, it looks like they've gone quite hard on the camera spec, which is quite interesting. Obviously, with this odd third lens, we're not really <laughs> sure what it does. Is a big caveat. Spectrum there. stuff. Magic. <laughs> yeah, this is what I've been missing on my phone. Is enhanced spectrum experiences. Yeah. Um, but we won't know until I think 18th of Jan is when it launches, like goes on sale in China. It's on pre-order now. Cool. But yeah, we've got a few more days before people actually be able to get hands on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really like the look of this. I'm pleasantly surprised. I think oh, the other omission that's worth mentioning is, uh, mm. correct if I'm wrong, there's no wireless charging. No, which no just 66 think, watt wired yeah. and a 4,750 battery. I think at this decent. price, that's kind of one of the things people will go a bit like, oh, you know, you kind of expect wireless maybe. Um, I, I feel like it makes a lot more sense with Samsung's foldable because they already spent so much time with, uh, you know, putting wireless charging into their headphones and watches as well. And then having that ecosystem, which Honor doesn't really have. No. And Samsung's gone big on wireless charging in part because it can't go big on fast charging. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's true. compensating it. So like we know our wired charging is slow because we don't want any more batteries to explode. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, the flip side of that is they've they've made they've gone pretty committed quite quite hard on on putting wireless in as many products as they can and with the reverse wireless building up as you said the ecosystem idea where you know they get to do lots of press shots of galaxy buds charging on the back of s s21s and things like that yeah yeah cool yeah so we we, we hope the magic v will will launch elsewhere i would really like to see it but we'll, we'll keep an eye out i'm you know honor has a bit of an iffy track record here the honor 50 launched last year that is out in the west but the Magic 3 flagships, they promised a global launch and it, it still hasn't materialized. I think we're like four or five months on now, something like that. Yeah. And there's still no word on when they're actually going to go on sale elsewhere. And, you know, you're getting to the point where you're thinking maybe they just won't. So uh, you, there are question marks around, around their ability to put it out globally. But yeah, this looks like a really strong entry. It's, if nothing else, just every time a new brand enters the foldable space, I'm excited because... You know, not to sound super like pro-capitalist, because God, I'm not. But competition is good in lots of ways, and you know, more competition in the market will make more people make better foldable phones. Yeah. So we will see 
you know, Samsung's had a bit of a, a need to improve itself, but now that suddenly it's staring down the barrel of five competitors, like it's got to step up. Everyone's got to step up. And also prices have got to start going down. So mm, if you want I'm better foldable phones, this is only good news. Bring that price down. I just oh, wish yeah. more of them were making clamshells because I want all that competition <laughs> in the clamshell segment. Yeah. Say that, my, good bits of foldables. My great aunt invested <laughs> in, in the flip free because she just loved the look of it so much. Like, yeah. Nice. Foldables, man, they're for everybody. <laughs> I mean, I do wonder, because I think all the stats we've seen show that the flip is outselling the fold quite comfortably, I think. Yeah. Which does make it interesting that every other brand has gone, well, except Motorola again, but that pretty much every other brand has gone straight to a book style. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if everyone seemed, thought that was going to be the thing. And I do wonder if we're going to see the, sh the market shift a bit now, because maybe people are going to look and go, oh, wait, okay. For Samsung, at least, the clamshell is is clearly the biggest success. They are also that... working on a Westworld-style like tri-foldable as well. Did you see this at CES? They, yes. They yeah. tease that. That looks so fun. Nice. Like, 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 as soon as I was like, <laughs> now we're in the future. Okay, Westworld is real, guys. I just want it. Yeah, yeah the tri-fold <laughs> one is very cool. Obviously, rollables, you know, we're still waiting for a rollable. Mm. You can actually really, you know, buy and, and get your hands on. But yeah, more of this stuff is for the good. It is. Uh, okay, so let's turn to Apple. Uh, I want to talk about the iPhone 14. Um, Lewis, you you you're you know more on the nose of this stuff than me. What what is going on with the iPhone 14 notch? What what you know? Take us through the the journey. The journey from, from the current notch. So we've had we had the the notch arrived with the iPhone 10 yeah. years ago. It's basically been there ever since. It shrunk a bit last year. Yeah. We've got a smaller notch but only in a kind of if you put them side by side you'll notice it's smaller it's if you just yeah the difference it, you, you maybe is, wouldn't guess. it's just really annoying when you put together screenshots as well because the, the time yes. gets slightly <laughs> blocked off by the bigger notch um so it's just just enough to be an inconvenience to tech journalists but nobody else notices yeah <laughs> but we're expecting a bigger change for the 14 yes right? well some models are 14 it's likely going to be the, ah, okay. the pro models uh to get this new kind of cut out and the the regular models will stick with that notch maybe they'll get the smaller one but i'm not too sure about that Right. So, uh, yeah, it started a while ago. These rumors have been coming around, going around for ages. And, and the first I mean, rumor was no notch, no nothing. It's it's all going under display. OK, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Face ID is going to work absolutely flawlessly. Uh, and then as time passed, obviously, people realized with, with the under display cameras on the Android side that it's not actually all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> and maybe it's not up to Apple standards. Yeah, just just, just a little bit. Mm. So, um then there was this there was it was one person that said this uh, but it kind of stuck around for a while they said that there wasn't going to be a display but the bezels would get slightly thicker all the way around and then they'd just be housed within that slightly thicker bezel so no notch no nothing like that but just kind of more ipad esque Which, in the bezel i remember when this was like, announced and it was this kind of like novel new design and it's like no that's just what phones were like, yeah cast your mind back like five <laughs> years ago old that is literally that <laughs> imagine that what a concept that's literally what we used to have <laughs> Uh, and then um, fascinating the way that got presented as as novel and an exciting, I know, like uh, absolutely <laughs> game changing thing, guys. Hide stuff in that bezel, okay? Yeah. The stuff we can do with that. So and then yeah, so that was that for a while, and then um, more recently, um, there was an analyst that said that it was going to be a hole punch camera. That's all it was. It was just hole punch. There was no description of what that hole punch might look like. A few other people kind of jumped on that. There was other reports from uh, industry sources that said, "Yep, hole punch is coming to the iPhone 14." Uh, probably the pro models. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then, yeah, everyone kind of jumped on that. And that was it for a while. For the last few months, everyone was like, yep, whole punch is coming, whole punch is coming. And then this week came along. Uh, and this is from, this is, so this is again from an analyst. Um, but this analyst has got absolutely nothing wrong so far when it comes to iPhone display predictions. He has a 100% track record. Oh. So uh, it's worth paying attention to this. Uh, so apparently there will be a hole punch on the iPhone 14, uh, but it will be a it will be a combination of a pill and a hole punch, one like, alongside each other. And I don't. So, so for clarification, friend was not sure. By hole punch we mean a circle, yes. and by pill a kind of oblongy cylindrical yes. sort of yeah. shape next to it. So kind of looking like with a gap between them, looking like Morse code essentially. Yes, oh, a gap between yeah. them. This is the ex this is what we're oh. people are saying that there will be screen between the two. I was picturing is it Huawei Mate thirty? I think had dual front facing cameras, yeah, so, so it had a pill shape and another one next to a it. pill shaped <laughs> cutout. Right, right. So regular circle and then a pill. Yeah. Okay, with pointless pixels in between. Oh, yeah. yeah, fine. Uh, one, one, one thing. To, one possible like caveat there is um, a point that was made by I think it was Max Weinberg on Twitter um, that this seems very unlikely that we'll have the screen between because even if say this analyst is correct and this is the camera setup they're going for and all of that, surely, surely Apple would essentially just turn off the display between the two and because it's oled it would just you know have black pixels yeah. between the two bits and you basically wouldn't be able to turn so what it would actually be is a long pill and then you might um, as well just keep the notch yes technically it may be a circle and then and then a pill but there's actually black between them and that would make more sense you know my that's what i think sounds more likely because the dot then the pill with screen in between sounds Hideous. I've just thrown a, a photo I mean, of it up on the stream so people that are watching the stream can have a little look at this uh, mock-up of this monstrosity. <laughs> are we to assume that this is all centrally justified like the notch currently is as well? Like, is this all in the center top of the screen? Yes. Because I can understand I if it was like yeah. a camera in the top left or right and then the sensor in the middle or the other side, like top other oppo yep. opposing corner, maybe. No, it's yeah. both together <laughs> in the middle with just a little gap yeah. between them. Ever so slight. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the question, you know, you said, why why not just the notch? And to be honest, that's what I feel about all of these debates is I don't see why Apple would go for a punch hole or a pill hole or whatever when they could just do the notch. Because, and I've said this before, but like the notch is a recognizable Apple design choice yeah. now. And they've had plenty of time to ditch it and move to something else, or do a long punch hole or something. But the thing is, Everyone on the Android side does that. Yeah. And the moment they do that, they look just like all the Android phones from the front. And one of the odd little strengths of the notch, and I'm not a huge fan of it, but at least when you see the front of an iPhone, you immediately know it's an iPhone because it's got a notch. Yeah. And yes, there was a, a year or two when all the Androids had notches, but every Android manufacturer then moved on from them and Apple stuck with it. And now it's, a, it's an Apple thing. It's a trademark design. They can do the little silhouette on the Apple website with the notch cutter and you immediately recognize it's an iPhone. I mean, they can even put it on a MacBook. And yes, that goes down exactly. so well. <laughs> and I just don't see why they'd move away from it unless they're ready to move to under-display camera. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't see what they gain from this move. And I'm not... You know, the analysts are saying there's enough evidence building up that it does look quite likely. So I'm not saying I doubt this. I'm just confused by it. I don't know what Apple it, is. It is a little bit weird because they are... 
you know, if, if this does, uh, if this is true, it's they're further fragmenting the design because they've already in the last three years they've gone from full size notch to medium size notch to weird hole punch, and that's just, that's just that, that doesn't seem very Apple. Like I feel like they no. wait for it to be ready, they put it in one thing and yeah. then they put it on everything, and it's that exact same thing. Especially because, as Tony said, we're now getting the notch on MacBook and stuff. They're spreading the notch out. And this is why we've had this conversation before, but when the first rumors were that they'd be ditching the notch for the iPhone 14, I was like, there's no way in hell <laughs> they put the notch on a MacBook and then immediately remove it from the iPhone. You know, yeah. them putting it on the MacBook was, was partly their way of saying, Apple is notches. It's thing. Like, we are the notch company. Yeah. And have, having time to reflect on it now, I feel like the move with the iPhone 13 generation to reduce the size of the notch was almost counterproductive to that brand identity. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't really present the user with any real gain. No. So, yeah, it was just an admission that they, they, they could do it smaller. But I think they should have just stuck with the same size notch that they'd have the past yeah. two generations or three generations for, for until, or like you say... What fits the appliness of this whole scenario is they should just be bullish and be like, we do notches, notches are great, there's nothing wrong with the notch, the notch is the perfect <laughs> yeah. thing, we designed iOS around the notch, hey look, we're going to design macOS around the notch too, because notches are so good, up until the point where they're ready to say, notches are dead, we've killed the notch, because now there's nothing, yeah. you know. When you said earlier, Lewis, about one of the potentials of it, them just having thicker bezels, or at least a thicker top bezel with a camera in it, that also sent alarm bells ringing because, well, for two reasons, uh, the, as we talked about earlier, the Xperia 1 Mark III and all of the kind of latest Xperia 1 series of the past few generations, they have done that. They have a thin bezel with a tiny front-facing camera in it. Um, and the front-facing camera is very run-of-the-mill, very bland, very underwhelming, which is terrible on a phone that's like £1,200, $1,400, and is kind of all about the camera experience. To have that rubbish front camera is, is pretty damning, I think, against the whole yeah. push of the phone. Um, and also iPhones, I would posit, are some of the best in terms of front-facing camera quality yeah. out there. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, mainly because, you know, developers pander to that as well. You know, like there's always been talk about how Snapchat and other apps like that use the a viewfinder on Android phones versus the camera output on iPhones. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all of that, yeah, I feel like they're just doing themselves a disservice. It's, it's, they've also got the thing of the face ID tech, which takes up space. Those sensors are and big sure. sensors, and that's part, that's why we have the notch. Yeah, you know, they don't need the notch for their camera. They need the notch for all of face ID. And again, I don't know how much they can shrink that to fit it in a bezel without that being a big bezel. So and I, they I should just very wait. About that. I just I, I don't yeah, wait till they can do a good. Wait till they can do a good front camera or under display camera, and at the same time reintroduce Touch ID as in display. Yeah. yeah that's those should happen yeah. together that makes the it's most one sense big display overhaul yeah where they get yeah. to say yeah. suddenly the display is more functional than before and you know seamless and everything. yeah yeah sorry so i was just gonna say i think for me i wouldn't want any of the performance of face idea change like that's my fundamental thing is that i think you yeah. know over over the course of the last years face ideas got to the point where as soon as i look at the phone it's unlocked like you know it wasn't like that at first but... especially just without a mask ID. feature exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. But if they're still yeah. not going to put Touch ID back in, they cannot compromise Face ID yeah. and they can't risk looking like they've compromised Face ID. And again, the yeah, MacBook sure. is the again presents problems here if they want to make changes because the the way they sold the MacBook um, notch is we couldn't fit a camera this good into the bezel. <laughs> like we had to do a notch <laughs> because our camera's so good it needs a notch. So the moment you then remove the notch from the iPhone, it's like, oh, so the camera's not good there. 
even if it is, yeah. it's like, well, the, the messaging is... It needs a notch to oh, be we, good. We couldn't be bothered to fit a good camera in here. We went for a, you know, we, we shrunk it down instead of doing a good one. On the MacBook, good camera notch. Here, like, bad camera, no notch. The MacBook notch, though, didn't include Face ID, did it? They still had Touch ID on the keyboard? Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think it has Face no, ID. There's no face, there's no face I mean, ID on it. I feel it, like no. if you're going <laughs> to... That doesn't make like Which, they, they have so much more room yeah. to play with. Like if you put an iPhone notch next to a MacBook notch, like the amount of extra real estate they have to work with there is is madness. Absurd not to throw Face ID on the Mac, but that's yeah. That's, that's yeah. a whole different question. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean the other the other sort of interesting development this week um, along this kind of line, particularly about under display stuff, is it was a fresh um, patent discovered um, by Let's Go Digital, uh, which is a Google patent for an under display camera which is the second one we've seen, but it's kind of further evidence that Google is now seriously looking under display cameras. Um, the first patent that was a year or so ago was a really odd one where they envisaged having prisms to like reflect the light inside the phone and bounce it up. And it was a way of getting around the clear screen bit. Very odd, looked cool, but sort of like, in theory, wouldn't compromise the camera quality as much, I think was the thinking, but suddenly a bit more space needed for it and delicate bits internally. Um, now they've had a patent that's gone out this week um, that is a much more traditional, you know, I say traditional, the tech's only a year or two old, but much more in line with what Samsung and, and ZTE people are doing in terms of layers of display that can, at different levels of opacity. Um, what's interesting as well is that the um, this new patent specifically names a Google employee who's been at Google for three or so years, but before that was a Samsung AMOLED display expert. <laughs> Funny that. Uh, and you can't help but look and be like, ah, right. So this guy was presumably involved in the early days of Samsung building this tech and then got poached by Google or, or, or left for Google and has been leading the charge on the Google side of taking what, he, what Samsung knows and, and building Google's version of it while skirting around whatever, you know, patent infringement they, they need to not do. Hmm. Um, sure. But it, it now looks pretty... I mean, there's no evidence yet that this is for the Pixel 7 or for the Pixel Fold that we hope is coming. But whether it's this year or next or, or even beyond, it definitely looks like Google is, is ready to jump on this. And that gives me hope because... I mean, this is funny. I, I think we, you know, we kind of thought with Samsung, well, Samsung wouldn't put the under-display camera in the Fold unless it was ready. <laughs> and it wasn't really ready. Definitely um, wasn't. But Google, I really think they wouldn't. Not on their phones, not where camera is their thing. Which is not to say Google never puts out products that are a bit half-baked because there's been enough dodgy pixel buds to, to disprove that very <laughs> quickly. And the solely sensor in the Pixel yeah, 4 yeah. series. like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, even on the Pixel side, they do it. But not camera. Like camera yeah. is their brand. Yeah. And so I struggled to see Google putting out a pixel where any camera, even the selfie camera, was significantly below par. And the current under-display camera tech we've seen is significantly below par in terms of selfie camera quality. And so if Google's looking at it, you, you kind of have to think Google's figured it out somehow. Mm. Because mm. I, I, or at least they are, they are trying to figure it out. I mean, I will it. say that the, uh, I think it was ZTE on one of the axons that I looked at that had an under-display camera yes. and that, the 30? Yeah, the, it was, a, sta it was a standard general. 30. It wasn't the uh, the Ultra. Yeah, because yeah, that was the weird thing. They mm. put it on the 30, but not the Ultra. But I think that, for me, is the best implementation of an under-display camera so far because you couldn't actually see it in the display unless yes. you looked at it from a very that fine made, angle. 
the Fold 3 was around yeah. the same time, which made their implementation so, so embarrassing bad. by comparison. Yeah. And, and, the camera and in quality fairness, that was ZTE's second time around. Yeah, like that was yeah true, true. Of the tech, but still, yeah. There, there was a lot better. So it gives hope that this is getting there. Um, and again, it's, it's like Fold Wars. We just need more brands in the space. We need more companies trying it out and pushing it forwards a little bit. Yeah. But it's encouraging to see Google is doing it. And again, this is why Apple moving to a, a punch hole or something just feels odd because... That looks like they're aping an old Android design trend right around the same time that the big Android rivals are saying, yeah, we're moving on from this. We're we're on to the next thing, which is under display stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just feel, you know, I, it's not unlike Apple to be behind Android trends because we just know that's how they operate a lot of the time and that they're, they'd rather be like best than first. So that's not odd, but it feels weird that they'd pick a half step rather than just be like cool under display is the thing let's just wait till we can we can do that and make that jump yeah but yeah so we'll see i mean hopefully hopefully the google implementation comes up this year and that would be nice in in the pixel foldable is is speculated to be a spring launch i think maybe it's a bit soon for that but you never know um but or pixel 7 with with under display would be really cool but we'll see if not presumably samsung will have a an improved version for the next hopefully. fold um i i assume they're all in on this now rather than just going to take it away and be like yeah that was crap sorry yeah, sorry my bad uh, <laughs> i mean seeing the the z flip to the z flip 3 like that jump yes in all i have high hopes for yeah. the, the under display improvements in a year i wonder if they'll put it in the flip the new flip you know the flip four or whatever whether, whether they'll think it's ready for that now i or... mean it's a bit of extra screen real estate on a smaller display so it would make sense mm. But equally, that My one's kind of affordable-ish. Yeah. And I reckon they want to keep yeah. it that way. Yeah. You know? well, my question would be more because of the... the They pushed the Z Flip as more kind of a fashion yeah. and kind of social phone, if you get what I mean. Yes. And so having a good... Like having a front camera that is Better the best front camera, camera they can is, put in that yeah. situation. Yeah. That's so, true. A bit more selfie-oriented target more. market. And, and yeah. for me, certainly, if I was Samsung weighing up, like, well, I can either put in an under display camera or i can take 50 dollars off the price tag for the fold you maybe go with the under display yeah. for the flip yeah you take the Drop price that. cut like that's yeah, just where that sure. is in the market that's the one where they they just got it below a grand if they could even get it down like 100 pounds uh 100 dollars you know that would be incredible and it would just be a massive seller i will buy that <laughs> yeah yeah, cool. All right, let's move on to today's final topic. Um, uh, a nice little blast from the past. We're going to talk about BlackBerry. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't used a BlackBerry phone in a very long time. No. I've never owned a BlackBerry phone. What? I, I was never no. in the BlackBerry craze. How was you not a part of that? <laughs> Everybody had a BlackBerry. Do you know what I used when all my mates had Blackberries? I went for the HTC Desire Z, which wow. had a slide-out keyboard. You turn it on its side, yeah. and the screen kind of scissored Ooh. up. It was amazing. I definitely had some weird HTC. Yeah. I can't remember which one, because I remember the timing of when BlackBerry was. But yeah, I, 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 was, I was firmly... I just went from a sort of, you know... Uh, the T9 keyboard stuff straight to like the yep. early Androids and uh, HTC stuff. And no, I went via, uh, I went via Windows Mobile as well, which also had a slide out keyboard. I mean, I, I looked at those. I, some of those early Windows <laughs> Mobile ones were cool. It was I bad. Bought, I had, I Windows Mobile was a one. bad experience. It was terrible. Yeah, it, it was looked shocking, nice. It yeah, looked it was so cool. good. So fun. What a pretty yeah. OS. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, right. So BlackBerry, <laughs> a few bits of BlackBerry news. Uh, basically, I'm just going to throw them all out there and then we'll rattle through chatting about them. Uh, firstly, we had this this odd development that basically right at the beginning of January, BlackBerry stopped working. 
they just you know yeah. RAM kind of just like shut the servers down yeah. uh, so to speak <laughs> such that any existing battery device lost a lot of functionality overnight secondly onward mobility which is the company that last year bought the blackberry brand and put out a bold statement saying they were going to make a blackberry phone for 2021 mm. it's not a company that makes phones already but they said we're going to do this um you are presumably aware that that did not happen there was no new blackberry phone last year it's been really silent from them for a long time as well so there was a bit of speculation that this had just completely kicked the bucket but they did put out a statement in early january confirming that they do still exist they are still working on the phone and that they think they should have one out this year no new information on, on what it's going to be but in theory there is still a, a new blackberry on the way and then the final thing is is not directly blackberry related but planet computers which is a small british company has been putting out physical keyboard phones for a few years um all through kickstarter and sort of small scale releases but they sort of showed off their latest the astro slide at ces which actually wasn't the first time we've seen it i'd actually report on this at least a year or so ago um but it's another one of those phones that's just been because it was a small scale kickstarter product i think they got hit by covid stuff and delays there a lot worse than other companies so they they really it was revealed first a year a year and a half ago then last year they said it would come out in june 2021 or start shipping in june 2021 that didn't happen but they showed it off again at, at ces this year and are you know bullish that the, these things are going to be shipping and they are real this is a little different to a BlackBerry. The name I give away, Astro Slide, it is a sliding phone where it's got a full, kind of full-size smartphone display that then slides back to a landscape orientation, physical QWERTY keyboard with mechanical keys. Um, I, I, like I said, I covered it before, though I haven't yet had the chance to play with one in person, though I'm really hoping I, I, one of us will do because it's kind of cool in its own, own little way. It just looks very but old school, probably, I think, looking yes, at it. Yes, it, it does. <laughs> yeah. Like the Nokia communicators of yeah, old sort yeah. of situation. Yeah, but with them with a full touch screen and, and running yeah. Android 11, uh, mm. which is is pretty novel. It is a bit underspecced. It's it's kind of fair to say it's a Dimensity 800, and again they've had problems because of the delays. They've had ended up using slightly older chips by the time it comes out and things like that. And it was never going to be a really high spec. And they're a small company, so they're not operating at scale, which just means their price per component is higher than others, and so. It's not a value phone by any means, and, and for you, you get those specs elsewhere for less, but you know, not with a mechanical QWERTY keyboard. You can. <laughs> yeah. The 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 way you reported it last year is the five G aspect of the the Astro's name. Is that new? Is five G an addition for them showing it off at the CS this year? Oh, that's a good question. Aware? I think that might be the case. Yeah, now that I'm looking because I at don't it. think that was in the old coverage that we had, which you'd written from like early 2021. No, they um, they were promising five G and Wi Fi six last year. Okay, right, right. So because that, that is obviously new. that is what Omni Mobility is kind of pitching here. Is that's it's, it's the first five G BlackBerry. I, I think mean. they've put five G in the name now. I think that's yeah, the they difference. Have, yeah. I right. my previous coverage I certainly didn't put 5G in the name when I wrote about it but I okay, didn't mention okay. it had 5G. I think they've recognized that actually that's quite a good angle to lean on and and they're going to Especially if on. the rest of the harbor is a little bit exactly. middling beyond their obviously the physical design of it. Yeah. Um yeah no it was it was interesting it was an interesting like 3 days last week. I think we 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 were halfway through I think it was the 5th when we lasted our, our episode last week or something. So on the 4th uh, as you said, like loads of legacy BlackBerry devices basically would stop working. BlackBerry 
the way you phrased it sounded like they just didn't tell anyone they were just going <laughs> to cut them off but they i think given like two years notice i think they put out a statement in 2020 um this is the company blackberry just by the way, adding not a bit of drama the... to the whole thing <laughs> yeah, it, and it was dramatic you, you succeeded <laughs> all five but yeah for those people up. who are <laughs> yeah. well, i mean they're very attentive when we write about blackberry stuff people definitely come and look at our content so yeah, Blackberry I mean, fans are. Yeah, this is one passionate. of the funny things. I kind of joked, you know, at the beginning, like, who's the market for this? And it's not me. And you know, does anyone want to buy these things this year? And to some extent, I still wonder how many people really want to buy these things. But you know, full disclosure, oh, we have a piece summing up all the rumors and speculation on the upcoming onward mobility BlackBerry phone, which we were updating all through last year and, and now for this year. And that has consistently, since we wrote it, been one of the top articles on our site. People yeah. really want to know about this upcoming. It's a nostalgia, thing. isn't it? It's, it's a Motorola Razor thing all over again. Like people are just like, I guess so. Oh, the, Blackberry. The commenters are very vocal. People are vocal about it. Like I think there's some nostalgia, but I think some people just genuinely hate touchscreen keyboards yeah. and like physical keyboards and are willing to put up with the downsides they bring on a phone. Namely, that's just the whole thing is going to be bigger and chunkier for sure. Mm. But I think a lot of people really do like that keyboard experience and miss it. And I think it's partly nostalgia but partly a genuine that is a better experience i, mean, I must admit like typing and i kind of get yeah, it yeah. like autocorrect mm. is awful it was it's still it is, yeah. awful. years yeah. in and typing on a phone still sucks yeah. <laughs> i used to love walking down the road with my blackberry and just you know touch typing as you're walking along just not looking at the phone at sure. all just yeah. you know hammering out a full text message or whatever it is which which model did you have Lewis? i you had a bold so user your curve user i had basically every single oh, really one. i had so many blackberries yeah i was a huge blackberry fan back in the day um it started off with one of the early curves and i went to a bold and then i got really into modding the cases so i used to like uh nice. yeah, put, put off the wow. cases and, and change color and I used to do that for people a bit while I was at school. In case anyone watching or listening was was unsure of our geeky credentials here, there was this modding BlackBerry cases left, right, and centre. <laughs> yeah, that was when I was like 16, 17 um, as well. Just amazing. Life. Uh, but yeah, the uh, on the fourth, the BlackBerry services for BBOS 7.1 and, and previously uh, BBOS 10 and Playbook OS, which was, if you remember, the BlackBerry had a tablet for a little while. Oh my um, God, they they all kind of ceased to operate. Yeah, I know, right? I totally forgot until I came to update oh. the piece. Uh, and that media attention, I think, really kind of spurred on BlackBerry fans and the media to look into Omo Mobility because when you look, they hadn't updated anything, social media channels, their website, anything since about mid-2021. Um and it was, it just seemed a little suspect considering everything they'd promised. Yeah. And, you know, looking at their website on the 5th of Jan, which is when I updated all our BlackBerry content, they still had this banner on the homepage saying, coming 2021 for this BlackBerry phone. Um, and then we were like, well, clearly no. So maybe 2022. <laughs> and then the next day they published a, a blog post uh, on the website um, and it was titled, a bit uh, apocryphally, uh, contrary to popular belief, we are not dead. And yeah. they do say who they're, they're pulling that quote from or tweaking that quote from. But um, yeah, effectively it was saying, we're still around, we're still working on it. Trying to launch a phone in 2021 turned out to be really, really hard, which I mean... I'm sympathetic to them. Yeah, yeah it, I can yeah, imagine. Actually, Planet Computers had the exact same thing and they're a no similar size, small uh, company. Yeah. I mean, Huawei had the same problem. Yeah. I mean, eight, If the eight, biggest eight, tech eight, companies in the world, the Samsung yeah, couldn't launch exactly. the S21 FE until this January. Exactly. If Samsung exactly. and Huawei can't get their phones out the door in time, then I'm totally sympathetic to Onward Mobility and Planet Computers for also struggling with... 1% of the workforce <laughs> and budget, if not yeah. less than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the on mobility, it was interesting because, like, you know, 
regardless of, of how the BlackBerry name has fallen out of favor in terms of market share in the mobile space, people know the name. People know what the products used to be like and stood for. On mobility, as an entity responsible for making the next BlackBerry, is a completely unknown quantity in terms of how effectively they can build this new phone. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally happy to give them the leeway. I'm not, like, hankering for the next BlackBerry, yeah. but I know that plenty of people are, so I'm happy to give them, like, yeah, a wide berth and let them figure it out in their own time totally. and get it right rather than try and rush it, yeah. for sure. I'm interested to see the kind of approach they take with it because one of the interesting things about the way Planet Computers have approached theirs is they very consciously mm -hmm. lent into to be blunt, a geeky audience. And they've really lent to die that you know, the people who want this device are probably massive nerds and they mm. want other features that are not on mainstream phones. So for example, the ASO slide uh, ships with Android 11 by default, but you can also boot <laughs> it into Linux. And like they've designed, know you know, they, they've like cool. baked in support for Linux <laughs> so for geeky. it to make it easy to do that. Uh, wow. And they... You know, and this is like a smaller one, but they've included a micro SD card slot, which is less and less common. But they made a point of being like expandable storage. You're going to get that. Um, so that they're definitely Ooh. openly acknowledging their audience is not the standard phone audience. And the things people want from this phone are not necessarily the things people want from a standard high end smartphone. Um, but then they've also not skimped too much. I'm actually looking at you know coverage of, of the new you know the, the version they've unveiled at CES, and it is tweaked a little bit from what I mm. what I was introduced to last year. Uh, one of the big things for me is it's got wireless charging now, which I'm pretty sure they didn't offer, weren't planning to offer before. But again, that's a big you know high end kind of feature that you would totally expect a brand this size to just say we can't really do wireless charging. You know, and we were just talking earlier. Honor's just shipping a, a high end premium foldable phone and they didn't bother to put wireless charging in it but this little company yeah. is putting in 30 yeah thir uh, no sorry 30 watt wired charging and chi wireless charging um which is great also um they've also made a point and and this is the same as it was before but there is a 48 megapixel i think it's just a single rear camera but it's um it's a 48 megapixel yeah, sony sensor and i can't remember exactly which one it is but i think it's i can't remember the number maybe though i think it's the one that oneplus used for four it years it doesn't even say on their there. website it just says sony sensor because yeah. i'm reading oh, through this i remember five eight six was i think it? it's the five eight six or something like that something? Anyway, i yeah. remember it chatting to some of the the people from planet computers and they were quite bullish that they were like yeah we've gotten a good sony sensor and this was yeah. a year and a half ago so at that point you know and i think it was that one and it wasn't the latest model even at that point but it was like, yeah, yeah, that is a good phone sensor. It's not the absolute highest spec, but that's going to be a pretty good camera. And what I will say about the keyboard, it, it, it's great to see, I mean, for one, a mechanical keyboard on, on a phone like yeah. that. I'm, I'm yeah, here for a mechanical, mechanical keyboard. That sounds great. Yeah. And also, they're doing a lot of different keyboards, like for a lot of different countries. It might just be a little UK company, but they're trying to get this worldwide. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to make sure if you, you know, like I said, it starts as a Kickstarter thing. Yeah. I, I think they are hoping to be able to sell them through their their website more generally after that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you could pick what what keys you wanted um, for your country. I think they also have some programmable keys on there. They do, yeah. So there's nice. some stuff you can map to as shortcuts to open yeah. specific apps or things like that by hitting that button. And apparently, you've got an actual dedicated button on the phone itself that's programmable as well, so you can. Oh, cool. Use that. Great. 
Yeah, so there's, a, there's some cool little bits so, here out there. I'm, I'm reading through the specs on the page. I'm like, do you know what? The more I read about it, the more I'm like, I think I'll give this <laughs> yeah. a go. Yeah. Well, we've already asked when they have samples, we'd like to review one. So, Lewis, if you want it, I'm sure you can get, get hands <laughs> on it and be the one to, to bring it to the, the fast charge <laughs> in a review form. It's an interesting yeah. one for sure. Um, one I, of the, 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 I think, and Astro is kind of addressing this partly, but one of the huge changes that I think since BlackBerry left, they kind of left something of a vacuum in terms of the market they were catering for. Yes, consumers bought them, but also as an enterprise yes. mobile device, yes, that's devices, BlackBerry's yeah. kind of bread and, bread and butter, right? And that means that since, what, 2015, technically, yes, I know TCL made some Blackberries in between. But f- first and foremost, I think Apple and Samsung have moved into that space oh, yeah, as sure. the enterprise device providers. So Onward Mobility is going to have to bring a new BlackBerry into that market, try and reach approach those same customers who have now already spent the last two, three, four years using other manufacturers' phones for their enterprise devices, which makes it all the hard, all the more difficult. And that's think, a really to, uphill battle, yeah. especially because yeah. more and more now compared to when BlackBerry dominated, so much of that is about security yeah. and mm. complex, you know, cybersecurity stuff that is you know expensive to bake in and requires a whole different set of expertise and i do wonder if they have if they are able to even try and and approach the kind of levels of security that enterprise use often demands well a lot of the stories around the blackberry were about the hardware that we're expecting the thing that not as many people were asking about is is what has happened to blackberry the company is in research and motion who used to make these phones Mm -hmm. And they've transitioned, I think it seems fairly successfully into a full-on IoT and cybersecurity firm. Like, oh, right, yeah. And so I, they actually hit me up today based on the coverage, and I, I emailed the PRs for BlackBerry back, as in not on mobility, this just to be clear. This is going to get confusing. Um, asking <laughs> whether, I know it's so confusing, uh, asking whether um, they'd been approached by on mobility yep. for any security stuff for that BlackBerry phone, because that makes perfect sense. BlackBerry did also consult with TCL when they did their DTECT, Right, security okay, yep, software yep. on their Android phone, so it's not completely it's out, not of question. out of question. Sure. Yeah, so it would be interesting to know whether BlackBerry, the company, has any at all involvement with the BlackBerry phone that Onward Mobility is going to make. Yeah. This year. I mean, it all comes down, not that bit, but the question of whether they can become an enterprise solution. It all comes down to the question of like what they're aiming for, like the scale they're yeah. trying to hit here. Because Planet Computers, I'm sure Planet Computers would love to become a massive phone company, yeah. but certainly they're not out the gate trying to do that. They don't seem that to be. That product is not that. Yeah, they're not. You know, and even from an enterprise perspective, they're not. Yeah. Really setting out to be like, hey, buy buy 500 of these for your company. They're really just targeting individual users who are you know, either nostalgic for these kind of keyboards, who maybe there's accessibility reasons, you might prefer a physical keyboard, maybe you just prefer typing on it, or maybe you love the idea of a phone that runs Linux and all the, all the little kind of geeky details it has. But it's very much, you know, maybe the IT guy in your company buys this yeah. phone, but he's buying it for himself, yeah. you know, or, yeah. or herself. <laughs> yeah. They're not buying it for everyone in the company. And it doesn't feel like Planet Computers is trying to be that. Maybe they would love to be, but and maybe they're long-term aiming to be, but certainly short-term, that doesn't seem to be the plan. I just I mean, wonder where on point, mobility are going with it. Yeah, if one of the selling points is that it can boot to Linux, you're like, yeah, this is not a mass market in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, at this point, I feel like it is fundamentally the fans first. Yeah. 
But maybe that's their strategy. They hope that the fans pick up their device. This is on mobility I'm talking about. Pick up their device and shout about it because BlackBerry fans are very vocal. And that has a snowball effect. That would be the strategy I would probably imagine is one of the stronger than trying to chase after an enterprise like market that's already invested so much in other brands now since BlackBerry, the company's uh, exit from the space. Um, but it is a bit of a gamble. For I think sure. there's still a space uh, for them to kind of appeal to small business owners rather than big enterprise uh, kind of, you know, yeah. 500 people plus companies. There's still, you know, a lot of people that have one or, you know, it's just you running the business and you just want something where you can enter, you know, Excel numbers a little bit easier on your keyboard. <clears throat> where you yeah. don't need the full I enterprise kind of those... thing, protection or whatever. Uh, yeah, a lot of those, I guess, teens who grew, grew up using BlackBerry now are also professionals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe at the who right might time, have a lot of love for the BlackBerry. So the, suddenly, the the people with BlackBerry nostalgia may be the people with you know buying power uh, <laughs> at the moment, which may help them. Because there is the the elephant in the room here <clears throat> is this isn't the first time BlackBerry has died and then no. another company yeah. is you know, come in. As oh. you mentioned, Toddy, TCL <laughs> came in and made BlackBerry phones for a while and they were not the original BlackBerry company. And then they stopped because they were not making enough money from selling BlackBerry phones. And that's TCL. That's a big company with a lot of R&D behind them already. They weren't coming from scratch. They already had distribution and production and all this stuff. And they couldn't justify it. Uh, so you have to look at this and say, why and how do onward mobility intend to succeed where an enormous company like TCL failed. Yeah. Which is again, why I asked that question about what they're aiming for, because I can't believe they are aiming mass market. Cause if you want to say why TCL failed, it's well, maybe that TCL needed mass market sales to justify their outlay and the scale they run at. It needs to be a mass market product. Maybe yeah. onward mobility doesn't need that. Maybe they can sell a lot fewer of them, you know, in, in one year, but operate at a scale and a price point where they survive on that in a way that if TCL selling, you, you know, less than 100,000 phones, they're not going to keep going. But if you relatively small startup are selling less than 100,000, that could be still amazing for you. I will say that um, the CEO of um, Onward Mobility looks like he's around our age. So he's the guy we're buying power. He does. To keep the free <laughs> brand going. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I mean, if you go on LinkedIn as well, like the whole Onward Mobility team is about six people. Some of them have backgrounds in an industry where you could be like, okay, that is yeah. definitely like a, a viable uh, skill set to be able to bring a phone to market out of nothing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see, yeah, just how big they're going to try and reach with their first product. In terms of hardware, because obviously, like Astro is, sorry, the the Planet Computers Astro is a a fully realized product yep. without any kind of brand following yet yeah. really and on mobility basically have the opposite situation where they have a non-existent <laughs> product but a very Dedicated. you know yeah. passionate fan base waiting in the wings to to kind of get involved i remember um, being a little surprised when the on mobility buying the brand happened because at the time i was sort of like oh, I, I wonder if planet computers looked at that because they yeah. were already Maybe. making these phones with physical keyboards. Uh, the Astro side is their third third product. And, you know, both the two before are physical keyboard phones, uh, I, I believe. So they they were already there building these things. And you have to wonder if they looked and said, oh, wouldn't we sell a lot more of these if they said BlackBerry on them? And I they mean, were yeah. already up and going <laughs> with making them. And yeah. you do kind of think really the best outcome here would be 
planet computers making Blackberries because they already know how to make the hardware. They just need the brand name to get them a yeah. bigger reach. Yeah. If, if Omer Mobility Smart, they maybe just should turn and license the hardware yes. from Astro yeah, as if, well. If, like... if the first Omer Mobility Blackberry is a sliding... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll know what's happening. Because um, the flip side I... of that is I'm worried for planet computers because I, you know, they have a little niche where they are the people who make physical keyboard phones. But yeah. if the Blackberry, if Omer Mobility can pull it off and they can sustain putting out one new Blackberry every year or two, then... I don't know, when you're that person looking up, I want to buy a phone with a physical keyboard, yeah. you probably buy the one that says Blackberry on it, you know? And I, yeah, I wonder I, well, how Planet Computers keep themselves going in that space. I, I don't know if either of you guys have thought about what you'd want from this new Blackberry, but like I don't in my one, head going... So, you know, I'm no use. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay, what, like, what do you think the market would benefit from then, I guess <laughs> is what I mean to say. Yeah. But in my head, like the Priv, which was Blackberry's last official of their own like phones and their first Android phone, did pretty well. Like, yes, it was a bit clunky and ugly to look at, but it did have a physical keyboard that slid out yeah. and the touchscreen worked well and the interplay actually worked surprisingly well. Um... I do think I could just see a refined priv would be yeah. really good. I do think a sliding form factor is probably yeah. the way to go, just yeah. because that old BlackBerry shape doesn't give you enough screen. And I know they did kind of have touchscreen ones, but I think for today's, that's fun. You know, the, the, the way the Astro slide is designed is that it can be closed and it's a regular Android phone with a big, yeah. you know, six six inch, six point something inch display. But then you can slide it out and you've got the keyboard when you when you want it. And that some variation of that seems like the only way you can go, because I think as much as people want the keyboard, they don't want to give up on the screen. Uh, yeah, and based on our understanding of Android formatting to odd aspect ratios and stuff as well, it's yeah, not nothing else. It would Stay definitely away. work against Stay them, away. regardless of what they. I, yeah, I don't want to be the one to trying to make a square UI for Android. Uh, <laughs> no. I think for me, I'd want. I, I like the sliding idea with the keyboard, but instead of uh, going like the um, the Astro slide, where it's kind of uh, a landscape, I'd want a portrait slide yep. slide up. Mm. Uh, to yeah. just a small, so again, priv yeah, essentially priv -like, yeah, with a smaller like. keyboard uh, with with a nice yep. with nice feedback because uh, then you get the full kind of portrait experience. And I just don't like phones in landscape in general. Uh, like you, you just kind of you lose space on screen, right. especially when you're texting and stuff like I that. Mean, so I'm just, sure. I don't know. I'm always more portrait in in most apps, even when I'm on an iPad and stuff like that. I mean, platforms like TikTok and Snapchat right there with yeah. you yeah. <laughs> with that approach. Well, the TikTok yeah. did, do a, did do a landscape layout on iPad for a while. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah it was really weird. It was just kind of extra Bizarre. space on each side. It wasn't anything there. And then they, they yeah. kind of just removed it a few updates ago and didn't say, it, didn't say a single word about it. <laughs> they were like, all right, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is uh, one of the interesting things, the, the landscape thing, because I'm just double checking, but all of Planet Com Computer's products they're three the, the gemini pda the cosmo communicator and the astro slide i love their names Ooh, so good uh, they are really something but they're, they're all they're all landscape orientation with the keyboard they've changed the design of the sliding thing is is the new thing because it means i think before they were more like clamshell mm -hmm. so they closed mm -hmm. and you had to open them the slide is designed so that when it's shut it just looks like a phone but a chunky one but they've all been designed so that the keyboard is a landscape keyboard when you use it and the screen is landscape while you've got the keyboard going which is interesting, yeah, that they haven't tried for that priv style portrait space. So maybe that's that's maybe that's the sensible place for BlackBerry to go. It's more the classic BlackBerry design, yeah. if nothing else, and it clearly marks them out as different to what these guys are doing. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there was maybe it was the Sony Ericsson. But as we touched on Windows Mobile, there was an old Sony Xperia. I thought it was called the Pro, but obviously it's not called the Xperia Pro because we have that now. Uh, but it was a a Windows Mobile device that slid to the side like the Astro, uh, okay, and they yeah. tried to fit that same niche. It's just uh, funny that we're kind of like dancing around back. like yeah. so many overlaps. Yeah. Well, it's the same with you know the foldables are just. Oh, I was going back the to clamshell. the old the old clamshells, aren't they? Just figuring out how they work with our with our current tech. But, oh, there you go. The Xperia X One. Yeah, I was about to say I'm looking at that. that. Had a slide out keyboard. Uh, that yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was the coolest piece of tech at the time when it came out. It was terrible to you. Wow. I'm just looking, I'm looking at leaked photos of it from before it was announced. So I'm just like, wow, these are old school. Wow. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad design. This is uh, interesting to say the yeah. least. <laughs> yeah, I guess Omo Mobility has a lot of what not to do. There's a, there's a lot of kind of, there's a good track record of what not to do in yes. terms of both harbor design and market strategy. Yep. Hopefully they can apply that in a way that that's exactly it. it. They've got them. to learn as much from what would be good as from what has already been tried specifically with BlackBerry. Yes, and has <laughs> yes gone wrong exactly. And, and, you, you know, what, what to avoid. Um, anyway, yeah, so there is a BlackBerry phone this year, theoretically. I wouldn't yeah. expect it anytime soon because that statement from, from Onward Mobility certainly wasn't saying we're announcing in March or yeah, anything like that. very confident. I think it still sounds like it will be quite a while away. What they have said is they are going to be a lot more forthcoming with updates yes. and information so rather than leaving it six months they actually might say stuff every now and then about what they're up to so i hope we'll get more along the way uh in the yeah. meantime the astro slide i just double checking i slightly misspoke it is now the cs appearance was a full launch it's now available cool. to pre-order uh, so it was previously just a, a crowdfunded phone but you can now go to the planet computers website and you can pre-order one they are going to be shipping from march so if you want a mechanical keyboard than Sony. slide, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you can actually uh, order one now and you, you'll get it from March and you get a lot of keyboard options still. Yeah. If you do that, it wasn't just for Kickstarter. You could go US, Japanese, UK, German, Finnish and Swedish, Italian, Korean, 24. Arabic. You can, get wow. a, you can get a Dvorak keyboard from them. Yeah. Incredible. Oh. Tell John Porter at the Verge he'll be thrilled. For international yeah, exactly. layouts. Well done. <laughs> I want to see John Porter review this as a keyboard. Just run <laughs> yes. a keyboard review of the Astro Slide. Yes. Uh, okay, yeah, this has been Fast Charge, the podcast. Not podcast. From Tech Advisor. <laughs> I can say words in the right order. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been watching. Thank you to Toddy and Lewis for joining me this week. We will be back same time, same place next week. No idea what's going to happen next week, but we'll be talking some sort of nonsense as always. You know. So until then, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.